The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist Anthony Bowman, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The spider with the human head, known as Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so yes, uh, we're we're very excited. This is the Monster Squad, the movie we've been the Monster Squad. <laughs> we've been talking about this movie nonstop for uh, the entire run of the podcast. So we're finally mm-hmm. gonna actually sit down and talk about it. Yeah, now we get to shut up from now on about this one. <laughs> Probably not, but at least but people yeah, will yeah, have yeah, the yeah. context of the, the whole story. <laughs> right, right, 100%. So anyway, uh, before we get into this thing, uh, we're going to do a little bit of content warning. There's uh, there's some some fat jokes, uh, some homophobia, you know, just, just be aware of that before we go into this. But other than that, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, this, you know, this is not to, like, defend it too much as far as that goes, but, you know, this is a movie of the 80s, and it has some very... 80s language that you know you you see in a lot of movies from that time period that does not hold up so well today um and yeah we'll we'll mention it as it comes through but uh barring that stuff yeah it is just it's a super fun ride that that is uh i mean all you know it's one of my go-to movies it's always just a lot of fun it is so much fun but first things first we open to a low like a low storm with a text crawl referencing 100 years before the story begins it's a time of darkness in Transylvania, quote unquote, eighteen eighty-seven. Scan. Uh, so yeah, we we've got that going on for us. And it's yeah that that bit is so good. You know, it's got it's kind of like uh, you know Star Wars a little bit. Like you got the crawl, mm-hmm. but uh, it's really like dark and epic and talking about Van Helsing and all this stuff. And then it just ends. They blew it. They blew it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so right you know away, kind of movie this yeah, time. exactly. Th- that sets the tone perfectly. Like this is a movie that's going to play around with like dark stuff, but in a comedic way. And but it, you know, it manages to balance that really well. Yeah. So we open with, or we go further in, and we uh, have this statue, the Grim Reaper statue, looks very menacing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the title card, Monster Squad, appears. <laughs> Yeah, and you get like it's kind of a mix between like Universal and Hammer. You get the the Gothic castle. You got like a coffin and a basement. There's like bats flapping around on the ceiling. Um, there's also a, a single armadillo crawling around. Which mm-hmm. the original Universal Dracula had an armadillo in like one scene or two. Like so, it's yeah. calling back to that. So you know, and you got your flappy bats in the background, but your your main bat that's like a kind of weird puppet that is not you know not a normal bat. Uh, right and then we get like it's not a normal transformation scene because it kind of cuts a few times you don't get like a significant transformation 
but you see that that bat becomes Dracula. Right. I like, okay, so I got to talk about the the hand, or the, I'm sorry, wing turning into a hand mm-hmm. prosthetic was kind of cool. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah, so it's like, it's an elongated, looks like a bat wing or hand or claw, whatever you want to call it, and then it just slowly kind of retracts into that shape of a normal human hand. Mm-hmm. And like that, that just that shot does so much of the heavy lifting as far as like the transition goes. Like having like seeing a bat, then seeing that hand scene, which is you know like three or five seconds long, uh, and right. then you just have Dracula. But just that hand, you know what's going on here. Oh yeah. But also uh, immediately after that, we've we've gotten a bunch of villagers with the pitchforks and the torches <laughs> and a stagecoach and apparently dynamite coming in. <laughs> they're they they are ready to fight. Oh yeah, yeah. They like break into the castle and like immediately we see like you know a traditional like vampire bride, uh, a la Hammer, uh, <laughs> except she's just like eating a possum, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she's going to town. Yeah, blood all over her face. It, it's great. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, she gets shot with a crossbow. So like these, these villagers aren't playing around. Right. They, they, they seem somewhat skilled, which, you know, that's very, it's very, uh, f- hilarious what happens at, <laughs> at the end there. Yeah. So we get like, they, they kind of bring in this young girl and she's like reading Latin. Uh, and you've got like, a there's like this altar with a sparkly jewel. We'll, we'll later, you know, they start referring to it as the amulet, but at the time you just see like weird beams of light coming out of this thing and you get like undead skeletons breaking through the floor attacking the the villagers and then like the black hole opens um sort of like a vortex that starts sucking stuff in and then like it just sucks everything in and that's it like (laughs) right as this goes on we'll kind of see more about like oh that's what they were trying to do because but this kind of sets the tone for like this is what happened uh and then just immediately like failure cut to right Modern day, you know, you got like a school, you know, kids walking out front of the school, school buses, kids in the hallway. That's when we first hear about the spider with the human head. Yes. Because <laughs> Sean, and, Sean and Patrick have created this amazing creature. Uh, Sean is played by um, Andre Gower, who, you know, he, he's done some things, but he's mainly known for this movie and the uh, documentary about this movie. <laughs> yeah. They're like our sort of two main protagonists, and they are in the principal's office. They're in trouble because they just sit in science class and draw monsters instead of paying attention. Well, that's because Miss Miss Carson has a cat-shaped head. <laughs> yeah, and like Carlson. Every time they talk about that, like I forget, and I'm like, "What is a cat-shaped <laughs> right. head?" And then when you see her, it's just like, "Oh, her haircut just has kind of points, so it looks like ears. Right. It <laughs> her- looks like cat ears." <laughs> Her head is a normal human head. She just has pointy hair. <laughs> no, no, no. See, this was sequel bait for Monster Squad 2. What Miss Carlson is a werecat. And that's how they hit it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would yeah, definitely but this watch is that. when we Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh one day, one day. But yeah, this is when we get our first uh rounds uh, uh talking about a bundle of sticks several times uh mm. regarding friends. Um and then of course we've get quote unquote the fat kid Horace who is made fun of because he is fat and that's the only thing they 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 got and yeah and and it, that there is a lot of fat phobic stuff with it but it it that I will say that that's not as egregious as the other f word that they use a bit right um, because at least Horace kind of has like a story that builds and like he sort of 
you know rises above being called that and like he gets yeah. a really great moment at the end that kind of brings it all together um I, I do kind of feel like this was oh we're gonna we're gonna drag horse through the mud in the beginning because we're gonna make him badass at the end yeah and, and you is. know the the kids that are calling him fat kid are are bullies so like we're not supposed yeah, to jerks. we're not supposed to like them or condone what they're saying um, by the way, one of the bullies is played by Jason Hervey, who uh, played uh, Wayne Arnold in The Wonder Years, mm-hmm. big brother of Fred Savage in, the, in that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that I think that, well, actually, he had played it a little bit before this, I think. It started, and then he just oh, kept, kept going. It going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we get, like, so, you know, they're bullying him. They take his Snickers bar away from him, drop it on the ground, and step on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get the entrance of like the resident cool guy of the movie, Rudy, who you know, right. <laughs> rolls up with his leather jacket and sunglasses on. Rudy uh, the Fonz. Yeah. By the way, this dude's got some big shoulders because he does some heavy lifting, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he rolls up and like is, you know, instantly like defending Horace uh, and mm-hmm. like go so far as to. Like, I mean, he shuts the bullies down. He's like, hey, it looks like you dropped your candy bar. And they're like, that's not ours. And he's like, eat it. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Eat it. And, like, he has enough, like, cool guy power that, like, these bullies do it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, right away, like, you get, like, Rudy is, like, the guy who's going to stand up for the, for the little guy and, like, help out. And, like, I mean, they immediately make him just so lovable. Like, you, you got to... Got to root for somebody who's going to help out this kid being bullied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, Rudy is amazing. He has a couple problems later there. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, you know, they're not – okay, they're kind of egregious. But, <laughs> More of that, like, 80s stuff that, like, it, happened yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's, it's very 80s. This is very <laughs> common for the 80s, what, what he does. Uh, yeah, so then we pretty much cut to, like, Sean and Patrick. They're walking home and are arguing about the wolfman like what does he do yeah. what does he do on his off days basically yeah he has to wear pants right because he has a wolf dork <laughs> yeah. that's the worst image i think yeah but also can he drive i think they talk about and, yeah um, you know yeah it's just normal things yeah it's it's the kind of you know i mean if you're listening to this show like it's the kind of conversations you've definitely had before in the past like like we've all been there just like geeking out about monsters and talking about, you know, I mean, that's what we're doing right now is <laughs> talking about monsters. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they also mention um, this like mysterious neighbor that they just refer to as scary German guy. Right. And I don't think he ever gets another name. He's just scary German guy. Although like he does get, I mean, his story is really, really cool. Like he, he kind of yeah. has a really nice arc in this. He is also kind of low key badass, mm-hmm. but yeah, that that's it. He's titled uh, "Scary German Guy," <laughs> and we haven't but, actually met him yet. They just kind of like point out his house and talk about how they're all afraid of him. He's just, you know, like the, there's just always like the neighborhood spooky house or weird neighbor or whatever, and he's theirs. Right, and I swear when when little Phoebe, uh, Sean's little sister, comes in, I I swear. That she said Gary Truman guy. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. But yeah. So, you know, we're, we're not at war with Germany uh, because, you know, this, this guy's all right. He's got to be. Uh, turns out we're still at war at Vietnam in 1987 because Phoebe has been watching too much Rambo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, 
at, at that that point in time, well, okay, probably a year or two later, I was watching too much Rambo as well. So sure, <laughs> I can respect that. And Phoebe is a really great character because, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty common for a kid type movie to have like the annoying little sister character, and she is that, but she really transcends that. Like, she's, uh, I mean, especially as the movie goes on, but like. She's not like a one note, just annoying bratty sister like you right. have seen in other movies. No, yeah, she has some. She definitely has some depth to her, which is more than any other bratty little sister that you will normally ever see. Yeah. Um, so like we kind of get all the kids sort of like meeting up here on the street, and Horace shows up, and yeah, he does a little jump scare. <laughs> yeah, he's he just and, hops out of the, the hedges. Yeah, and he's he's excited because he thinks that Rudy wants to join the Monster Club. And Who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sean and Patrick are both skeptical, which is great because it's like, I mean, like, it's pretty quickly established, like, Rudy's the cool guy. And, like, it seems like right. anybody would be like, oh, man, he would give us so much credibility. But they're like, but does he have the monster credentials? Like, can he... Can he hold his own in the Monster Club? We're not going to take anybody just because they're cool. Like, he's got to... We have a solution. <laughs> we have the monster test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're going to give Rudy the monster test to see. Yeah, um, but before we get to that, we we cut away to um, two pilots who are, like, flying this plane. And oh. they kind of mentioned it's like an old... I think, Did they say it's like a World War II plane or something? Yeah, um... I don't remember if they mentioned it's like a B-52, but that, that kind of it, it gives you the feel that this thing's kind of old and rickety. I think maybe they do say that, actually. And they're but, like, uh, they're kind of just acting a little nervous. This is a weird job they've been on. We don't have much details, but they've been given some like crates that they're trying to fly across the ocean. And they, they kind of they're, you know, they're just like, well, we, we got to just get the job done. Let's not worry about it. Uh, but then there's some weird noises from the cargo bay. and you So know. Th- this is stereotypical. If you're in a plane and you're a pilot and this is a horror movie, it's bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Just get out of there. But, of course, the the, the I, I, I guess we could call him the main pilot or at least one of the co-pilots uh, says, hey, I'm going to go check out what's back here. I'll be right back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he goes back, and he finds a giant rat on a, some of the crates back here. Yeah. But immediately after that, he gets buzzed by this giant bat. And, yeah, you know, of course, we've just we've previously seen a giant bat in this movie. And, yep, mm-hmm. of course, that giant bat becomes Dracula. Um, but and- they show in such a cool way. Like, immediately after he buzzes, the, the pilot, like, drops down. And as he was rising, you see Dracula right behind the pilot. Mm-hmm. So you're like... This pilot is dead. <laughs> yeah. But instead, like, the pilot is kind of a quick thinker. Uh, he, like, pulls the, like, cargo bay doors, basically, and, you know, it falls open, and there's a crate that's labeled Bavaria Frankenstein, Frankenstein. and it falls <laughs> it falls out, but Dracula just, like, floats in midair. <laughs> right. It's like, good try. Good try. <laughs> Didn't work, but good try. But he doesn't immediately kill the pilot. He turns into the mist... And then a bat and flies out of the <laughs> flies out of the plane in yeah. broad daylight. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess maybe in this version, bat form Dracula is okay in the sun. <laughs> maybe maybe this Dracula is so powerful the sunlight doesn't bother him. Who knows? Yeah. Uh. But ultimately, the big crate crashes into like a swamp, and the Dracula bat kind of flaps down to the crate, uh, and then we cut back to. 
the monster test already underway. Um, right. You've got all the kids. They're in a treehouse together. And <laughs> Rudy is like only kind of half paying attention. They're asking him pretty basic monster questions. Nothing, you know, nothing too out there. And he's answering for the most part pretty well. But he's kind of distracted because he's got a pair of binoculars and is mm-hmm. spying on a girl changing uh, in a window across the way. Yeah. Bad Rudy. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, once again, this is the 80s. You know, sex stuff was funny. Yeah, it's definitely Uh the time of, like, Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds. And, like, Mm -hmm. it was just, you know, par for the course at the time. Not that it's okay, but, like, you know, like, the fact that this is in, like, a kid's movie kind of shows you how just, like, normal it was. Like, this wasn't Porky's that's, like, you know, specifically dirty. Yeah, this is is a kid's movie. And it's just like, oh, this is, you know, just... Boys being boys, kind of, you know, light fun. Nobody gets hurt. But, of course, you know, it's it's not okay. It's definitely not okay. <laughs> yeah. But we're also introduced to uh, Eugene for the first time. Eugene is the, the, the smallest, youngest kid in the Monster Squad. And for some reason, he's wearing a Confederate, Confederate cap. Ooh. Don't know what that's about, but he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a time when, like, Confederate stuff wasn't so, like, latched onto by a specific kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still, you know, still not great, but it just kind of was like, oh, th- there was a time when it almost did feel like, oh, this is just history, and now it doesn't feel that way anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, yeah, and e- Eugene is just, he's so great. Like, he's just that, he's just a little bit off. He's a little weird, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yes. weirder than the rest of the Monster Kids, but he adds a really nice layer of comedy to the movie. Right? <laughs> I, I and and he has a he has a great scene at the end, but yeah. uh, mm, sorry, I'm getting <laughs> ahead. But we get Phoebe uh, is actually trying to bust in to the Monster Squad. Of course, no girls allowed because that's how that goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, "Not letting me in is uh, what is it? Uh, prescription or <laughs> something like that?" Yeah. <laughs> so like, I thought that was a great joke. Yeah, he's like, it's not prescription, it's, it's discrimination. discrimination. And yeah. we don't care, we're going to discriminate. You can't come in. <laughs> uh, but before the fight can kind of continue, they both get called in for dinner. Um, mm-hmm. So Sean and Phoebe head inside. Sean's mom has a book for him that he, she found at some kind of estate sale thing. And it's a book written by Van Helsing. And the mom's Who's like, a real person. Yeah, Everyone he, he just him. really exists, and this is his diary. And the mom's like, he's the guy that fights Godzilla, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, silly, it's Dracula. He fought Dracula. Of course, it, Sean corrects her because he's the monster nerd. Yeah, and she's like, well, then, so who's the really tall one? And she's like, that's Godzilla, Mom. (laughs) But, so if Van Helsing is real and really wrote this diary, then does she think Godzilla is real, too? (laughs) I mean, are you you surely saying he's not? (laughs) But also, that does, that does beg another question as to why, why it isn't just assumed that all monsters and things are real. Because if, if he's a normal guy, or maybe it's kind of like, oh, Van Helsing was a real person, but none of the stuff he did was real. He was just, you know. Yeah, there's a story about him or something. He was an adventurer of the 1800s or something like that. Yeah, he's like a Davy Crockett or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> but of course, the fact that she got it at this weird uh, house on Shady Brook, the estate sale from the Shady Brook uh, mansion, is uh, kind of kind of worrying but we'll we'll see what happens with that 
Uh, and Sean is kind of bummed to find out when he opens the book that it is in German. Um, so mm-hmm. he's not going to be doing any reading of it anytime soon. Because Van Helsing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we cut to Dracula driving this badass. I'm going to call it the Monster Mobile. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, when it's I was like a kid, those... I wanted a hearse, and it was definitely because of this. Like I was like, when I grew up, I'm going to drive a hearse. Uh, right, and it has a uh, skull uh, ornament on the front. Yeah, so like this big chrome. It's yeah, it's <laughs> great. And he like just kind of parks on like a hillside, looking out over the city, and he's just like, "Let it begin." <laughs> Lightning <laughs> flashes, and then you like literally see his skull on the inside of his skin. Like they <laughs> they show that be- because you have to, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "Let's ham this up." Uh. <laughs> And then we get Sean asking his dad if he can go to the movies tonight because Groundhog Day Part Groundhog 12 Day. is coming out. Gosh, could, could you imagine how miserable Bill Murray would be making that movie? <laughs> but they mentioned that the guy is a killer. So what what happened to Bill Murray's character in Groundhog Day? Did he literally go insane? See, I just took it to be like, you know, there's Halloween and there's Friday the 13th and yeah, there's yeah. My Bloody Valentine. So, like, in, in their universe, there's a Groundhog Day-themed horror series. Horror and movies. they just, you know, because those series escalate to having so many movies that they're already up to number 12 in the Groundhog Day series. Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's what's going on. <laughs> but it would be so much funnier if it was Bill Murray's yeah. character. <laughs> Yeah, if it did just keep going, he just uh-huh. slowly goes insane, and by like three or four, he's just a slasher now. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, they they even mentioned that. Oh, they killed the guy in the last uh, the last one, right? That's when they blew him up. No, 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 <laughs> that was the one before that. Yeah, he's back again because because Jason Voorhees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we find out that Sean can't go because he has to babysit Phoebe. Uh, and the reason is because the parents are, their marriage is kind of on the rocks and they're going to see a counselor. By the way, great, great way to slide that one in. (laughs) That's for the parents, I guess. Yeah. I don't know who that one's for. Uh, it's like, let's add some super drama to it. Yeah, it is strange. Like, I mean, I think this movie is mostly aimed at kids. I guess maybe like this was the time period where like divorce was kind of on the rise and kids were kind of having to like deal with that. And maybe they thought they could like kind of handle it in a way. I'm not sure. But but yeah, it seemed weird. Like this is kind of a fun, you know, just kind of spooky movie. And then like we have some stuff with the parents gets pretty intense. It does. And like if you're not. If you're a kid, you're not you're not going to ever notice this. It's going to fly right over your head. Oh, you did for mine. sure. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, 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 there's some there's some stuff going on behind the scenes of this one. Yeah. And it seems like basically the problem is that so the dad's a cop and he's really dedicated to his job and his job is really kind of like horning in on his family life. And, you know, obviously the, the mom feels neglected and, you know, to make matters worse, he ends up having to skip the, the marriage counseling because there's some weird stuff going on. Um, we get like there's a guy who shows up at the police station claiming to be a werewolf and getting in fights with cops because he wants them to lock him up. So, you know, very uh, Larry Talbot kind of stuff going on there. And then we also find out that there's a mummy that has gone missing from the History Museum. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then that's when we're introduced to Rich, who is uh, the partner of Sean's dad, Dale, I believe uh, is his name. And yeah, uh, yeah he's basically making fun. Oh, man. Rich is the here. best. Like, he is. He is the best. <laughs> 
like he's the only adult who's like fun in this movie he just has like a great sense of humor he's definitely the best adult in the movie well uh scary german guy and rich mm-hmm. but yeah he's making jokes and you know basically they, they end up at the museum and they're like but a 2000 year old dead guy doesn't just get up and walk away right did you he he goes to the security guard and he's like did you take him <laughs> yeah <laughs> So they, they kind of like, you know, banter a bit and then it immediately cuts to the 2000 year old dead guy walking away, just like, right. you know, doing the whole mummy slow walk beside the street. But then an ambulance speeds past and in the back of the ambulance is um, what we think is a dead body that then quickly wakes up and it's because it's the full moon. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the werewolf who was, you know, got in a fight with the cops and got shot down was being sent to the morgue prematurely because, yep, he just wolfs out and wakes up and attacks the uh, ambulance driver. By the way, the, the wolfman in this is credited as Larry Talbot. Uh, also played, uh, this is John Grease, who is Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, if you're, if you're into that kind of oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I definitely so. did not catch that one. <laughs> Yeah, so we got, uh, basically, the dad shows back up at home then after interviewing the security guard at the museum, and Sean is, like, up on the roof of the house watching the, you know, watching the Groundhog Day movie through binoculars. uh, Right, because it's a a drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a drive-in, and you uh, you apparently could tune into the, well, you could tune into the radio. I don't remember it having that long a range, though, because it's like, the drive-in theater is down in a valley. Oh, yeah. they're... They're pretty far away, it looked like. But, of course, Dad comes in, and he's got some old-style, like, 1980s Burger King. <laughs> yeah. Because product placement. There's yeah. a lot of that. We're not going to talk about all of it. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, know. so they kind of have a nice chat up on the roof, you know, passing the binoculars back and forth, watching the movie. Which, you know, it's he's clearly a good dad. He's he's failing as a husband, but he, he does really seem to yeah. care about his kids and, and do what he can for them, even... You know, if his work takes him away from the house a lot. I mean, he seems like he's being a good cop, but uh, I mean, I'm guessing or as good a cop as you can be. But um, (laughs) he's just failing on the the husband front. Everything else is doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we get the the ambulance crash and, you know, um, Rich is there. Uh, and they find that the the body is missing from you know from the back of the ambulance. Uh, I think he calls and and t- does he tell Dell that or is he just? Yeah, well, uh, he also he's he talks to some other uh, policemen, and they're like, "Oh, you're missing two bodies tonight, huh, Rich?" And <laughs> because the mummy as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then yeah, like then we get back to the monsters, uh, and right, the wolfman's the... wandering through the swamp. Yeah, so like the wolfman and the mummy kind of both just show up at the swamp where Dracula is. Uh, it's almost like, yeah, something, you know, Dracula sort of like called them forward somehow. He kind of like holds his hand out and the coffin just sort of seems to like rise out of the swamp. And it's like, oh, he has like, you know, like some sort of telekinesis, but no. It's the <laughs> it's, Gill Man. Yeah. The creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the creature lifts the, the, uh, the coffin or the crate out of the swamp and, and sets it down on the, on shore. And this movie, like... I believe it is universal co-production kind of thing. Like they're, they're part of it, mm-hmm. which really this makes it the only like monster rally universal movie where like 
the creature from the Black Lagoon mixes with the rest of the, you know, the monster universe. Because the the creature movies kind of came out after all the other stuff had already happened. And, like, the character design on the Gill Man for this is so good. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, like, they've updated, well... It's going to sound like a slam, but it's not. It was like everything was updated for the 80s. 80s, Oh, yeah. The Wolfman was scarier. He wasn't just a guy with hypertrichosis. (laughs) He was a Wolfman. Yeah. And and then you had the Gilman, who was a, you know, pre-Cambrian or whatever they call it, like (laughs) fish-human hybrid monster. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, like, it looks enough like the original that you immediately know what it is, but it's definitely, like, the scary factor is, like, amped up a little bit, and it's, it just looks a little more real. Well, even with the mummy, like, it looks almost like a Crypt Keeper puppet, mm-hmm. just, you know, with a human actor. Yeah. So everything's a little bit more creepy. I think the only thing is, is that Dracula is not, like, don't get me wrong, he gets, he gets there. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, he's kind of... He is the Dracula's Dracula, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's he's got the widow's peak, the slicked back hair. You know, he's got everything Dracula should have, right? But this is the 1940s Dracula versus any Dracula we're going to find today, especially the one in the 90s with the uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. He's definitely only borrowing from Lugosi, and it mm-hmm. doesn't modernize as well as, like, the rest of the stuff does. But it doesn't need to, does it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it works well uh, for the context of this, for sure. And he does do this really cool thing. Um, he has like a, a cane that's got kind of like a wolf head on the, the handle, um, kind of similar to the one that like, you know, the wolfman gets killed by in like the old, you know, the original. Mm-hmm. But this one has like these sort of like clips that kind of come out of the ears of the wolf. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so he like clamps those onto each of the, the bolts on Frankenstein and then just holds and the cane jumps. up in the air. Yeah. As lightning <laughs> strikes him and he jumps Frankenstein, basically. Yeah. Like yeah, it's kind of similar to, like, the Abbott and Costello thing. But, like, you know, it's so much cooler than just the little ring that does it. You got this, like, lightning rod thing. back, like mm-hmm. a, It's like a car jumper cable kit, basically. <laughs> right. And, and as Frankenstein, the Frankenstein monster, we're, we're just going to call him Frankenstein because he is a Frankenstein, as mm-hmm. we've already established. Um yeah, Dracula kind of gives gives uh, Frankenstein a, a like a loving, friendly look. Mm-hmm. Like they're old buddies. Yeah, and and Frankenstein, like he says, like long time master. Right. So we already know where the uh, the relationship is in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, we get that, and then we pretty much cut away back to uh, the you know Sean's house. And you got the um, their mom. She's comforting Phoebe. Uh, there's like a storm. She's just kind of like tucking her in bed and talking to her for a few minutes. They talk about her uh, stuffed bunny rabbit scraps. <laughs> they're, they're like the really great. She says something like, are you going to yell at him? And Phoebe is talking about Sean for scaring her. But the mom thinks not. she's talking about their dad. And she's like, uh, honey, I love your father. Of course I'm not going to yell at him. And then she immediately goes outside and yells at him. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, and Phoebe's like, yeah, I met Sean. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, immediately they get in a fight. Like, it gets it gets pretty heated, pretty intense, and it almost si- sounds like there might almost be some domestic abuse coming from Dale. So, bad Dale. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Sean is overhearing all of this. He's like, you know, in the next room and and is awake. But then he like he sees a dry erase board by the phone 
And kids, this is what we used to do. <laughs> we would have, we'd have like a little notepad or a dry erase board or a chalkboard by our yeah. landline phone that was stuck to the God. wall and you couldn't move it. Uh, and you we put little savages. notes there. <laughs> yeah. That's how you yeah, know if somebody, somebody called for you. For you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but in this you, case, it was Mr. Alucard from school. <laughs> yeah. he, was, uh, he wants to know about Van Helsing's book. Yeah. Uh, he wants to, he maybe wants to buy it and there's like, you know, possible money, do, you know, dollar signs and stuff. And Sean like kind of looks at it for a minute and writes out Alucard on a piece of paper. And then, you know, he's does... seen Son of Dracula. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. Yeah. But he has to do the math and he figures it out. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The first time I played Symphony of the Night, I realized that I felt I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because I hadn't seen Son of Dracula or anything like that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But also, how did, how did Dracula find out that Sean had the book? Yeah. I, Is there I, a deleted scene? Yeah, I don't I mean, I guess, I don't know if that the sale was still going on and he went there and tried to buy it. I, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of unclear. Um, right. But he's definitely interested in getting this book back. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we get this, it uh, cuts to a scene with Eugene... And his dad at his house, um, and like this whole, it's just a, like building to this great little sight gag. So Eugene like tells his dad that there's a monster in the closet, and you know the dad comes in and is like, "Oh, get out of here, monsters!" And like acting like they're invisible monsters, it's imaginary. Uh, and he's like, "All right, I think they're all gone." And he's like, "Nope, there's it's in the closet." One more and, in the closet. <laughs> and so the dad opens the closet door, but he's not looking he in look the closet door. At all. He just opens the door and steps to the side. It's like, see, there's no monsters. Well, turns out there's a mummy right there. And had he looked, he would see the mummy, but of course he doesn't. Yeah. And so then like, he kind of like turns away and is like, everything's fine. You're okay. And meanwhile, the mummy like crawls out the window. You don't see it. You just see like the bandages right. getting pulled out as the, as the mummy's already made his way out. Okay. At this point, like, aside from the Wolfman actually killing someone, it seems like these monsters are relatively chill. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. But but knowing what we know later, um, Yuji could have died there. <laughs> he really could have died there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and his dad would have felt stupid, I'm just saying. But <laughs> yeah. uh, at, at this point, at this point, the uh, the monster club is deciding they need a name change. Sean's like, we need to, we need more something more official, something that has gravitas to it, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be the Monster Squad now. Yes. Yeah, Monster Club just sits around and chats about monsters, but the Monster Squad's got to get out, get down to business, and like, you know, save the world from the monsters. Right, because he assume he immediately assumes Dracula is real now because some guy named Mister Alucard calls him. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it's I like heard... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like they're logical jumps, right? <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Yeah, and he does, but he does also have the clues that he heard that there was a guy saying he was a wolf man, and true, that yeah. the mummy has gone missing from the museum. Yep. So he's like, so he's so, putting pieces together. Yeah, something's going on around town, and, and we got to get to the bottom of it. Um, yeah, but they they realize that the the first step has got to be we got to figure out what's in this book, um, yeah. and and of course you know putting you know two and two together here we've got a book that's in German and we've got a scary German neighbor maybe he might well, be able to oh, help first, us out. 
first it's Patrick's sister because she learned German in high school or she's learning German in high school. Oh, yeah. And then we get a, a dicey line there where uh, he's, uh, he says, your sister doesn't speak German. All she does is hang around and let guys touch her tits. Grab her. Yep. And and Rudy's like, uh, uh what? <laughs> He's right. suddenly of interested. Rudy's interested in, now. Yeah. So yeah. you know, Rudy's a little bit. I think the thing is, Rudy's a little bit older than the the rest of the kids. So they kind of like make him really like the horny kid because like yeah. they they want it to be like he's the one who's gone through puberty. The rest of the kids are still fully in monster mode because they're not there yet. Uh, but right. anytime there's like any any possibility to uh, sexualize something, Rudy is ready and waiting. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, he's like, you, psh, your sister wouldn't happen to live right next door, would she? <laughs> and of course, Patrick's sister does indeed, or they live right next door. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out the girl from earlier was Patrick's sister. Yeah. So Rudy is definitely interested now. <laughs> yeah. He's sold. He is officially a card-carrying member of the Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. Then we get like Dracula talking to Frankenstein and he's basically like, we got to get this diary from the kids. So go do whatever you have to do. Get the diary. If you got to kill the kids, kill the kids. I don't care. We just, we need that book. Yeah, Frank, you gotta, you gotta take the kids out even, you know, or get it one way or another, right? (laughs) Yeah. So we get that, and then we're we're back to the kids, and they are in front of the scary German guy's house, kind of like psyching themselves up to like go knock on the door. They're like, but you know, we don't know what his deal is, and uh, then they say, but, well, what's German for? Don't murder us, please. Right. And then <laughs> and, immediately we get the German for "don't murder us." I don't remember what that is, but he sure says it. Yeah. So he he was out. He wasn't even in the house, and he just strolls up behind them. Uh, <laughs> And, and then we cut to Phoebe playing in the field. Oh, and, man. Uh, it's such a Maria, good scene. Maria moments. Yeah. So you get Phoebe. She's kind of playing in. Yeah. She's kind of even sitting by a lake. It's kind of off to the end. Mm-hmm. You just see Frankenstein approaching. And, you know, anybody who's like familiar with Frankenstein movies is going to be like, oh, oh I know no. where this is going. <laughs> Uh, but before anything happens, we cut away uh, and we're back to the kids. This movie does a really good job of like ratcheting up the tension by cutting back mm-hmm. and forth from scene to scene. Um, it does. And then at this point, we get to hear the German guy say, boys, this is your last chance for pie. <laughs> he's like holding a big knife pointing right. right at the camera. And he's like, your time is almost up. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, he's just so trying good. to serve him pie. Uh, yep. So That's a, he's a nice old man. Yeah, so he may look scary, but he's actually a very friendly German guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's he's game. Like, he's just like, sure, I'll translate this book for you. Uh, and, like, he's just reading all this stuff about, like, okay, okay, so there's an amulet. It balances good and evil. Um, yeah. There's a ritual that happens years. every hundred years. <laughs> it can be broke, or a ritual can be done, and it'll banish all evil. Turns out, maybe that's what Van Helsing was trying to do, and he, he mucked that one up. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. His last entry was 100 years ago, years ago. from Today. tomorrow. <laughs> or, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, like, he's he's just on board. Like, he's, he's, like, it's nice. Usually in these kind of movies, it's, like, the kids all know what's up, and the adults are all idiots who just won't listen. But he's just like, all right, we got to figure this out. You know, he's he's just ready to help. Yeah, but the stakes are if the monsters get to the amulet at this point, uh, at 12 o'clock midnight tomorrow, uh, they can actually destroy the amulet, and then all evil wins. Yeah. So those those are your stakes. 
Either yes. A, we seal evil away for good, or B, the monsters destroy the amulet, or C, we screw up and somebody else has to deal with this 100 years later. <laughs> yeah. And then we get, like, this scene is just, like, a such a subtle little moment that, like, it I'm sure is. most kids aren't going to get this, and there's no real reason for it to be there, but it's such a beautiful little thing. So, like, you know, the scary German guy's letting the kids, uh, you know, letting them out of the house, um, and he's like, I bet you kids thought I was some kind of monster or something. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, yeah. And he was like, well, if I was a vampire, I wouldn't have a reflection, would I? And there's, like, you know, yeah. a mirror and... Um, Horace is like, man, you, mister, you sure know a lot about monsters. Yep, he sure does. Yeah, he's like, now that you mention it, I suppose I do. And as he closes the door, you see that he has like a Holocaust tattoo on his yeah. forearm. So, uh, you know, he's he's a Jewish guy who lived in Germany and, you know, um, has moved yeah. to America now. He's a, you know, he's a survivor of the Holocaust. And like, you know, of course... Of course, he knows what real monsters are. Like, we've right. got our, our fun Dracula and Frankenstein story, but, like, you know, we know... Humans are the real monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but also, how good of storytelling is this? That in just those few lines, you know so much about this old guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he says one sentence, and you get, like, a you know, two seconds of seeing that tattoo, and you know everything you need to know. Right. So, yeah, he's definitely seen some uh, some monsters, but... To, to go away from the serious thing, we've got to find a virgin to recite the words. Because <laughs> yeah. a, a virgin girl apparently needs to recite the words to seal away the monsters. Yeah. So they're discussing and they're like, well, you know, Patrick, you're, maybe your sister, like, she could she could read it. <laughs> yeah. And Rudy's like, yes, she can read it. Yes, she, she is yeah. the one that we're going to find to read it. Yeah. Let's get her in the mix as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. But as they're discussing this, they're like walking home and like they, they get back to back to the house and Phoebe's like, hey, guys, uh, come here. And they're just, you know, ignoring her. And she's like, come here. And they all turn and Frankenstein steps from around the treehouse tree, looming over little Phoebe. And all the boys just like take off nope. running. <laughs> right. Because they, they know what's up. but. That's pretty mean that they leave, leave the little sister there to basically die. Yeah, they're like jumping fences. I think Horace like ends up inside a trash can. Like they're they're right. they're not sticking around for this. But but of course Phoebe gets a great line. This is a great line. Uh, she says, "Come on, guys, we're friends. Don't be chicken shit." <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, she just like is holding Frankenstein's hand and walks him over to the boys. Uh, and she's like, now can I be in the monster club? <laughs> <laughs> yep, you sure can. You have your very own Frankenstein. Yeah. So. And so then we get all the, the monster club, including the two new members, Phoebe and Frankenstein. Right. Uh, and they're all just kind of hanging out in the treehouse. And we find out that Phoebe has taught him to talk a little bit. He's like, looking he kind of knew already, but she added some, some phrases to his vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. So he's looking through a camera that's like up in the window and happens to see Patrick's sister changing a little bit and like accidentally hits the camera button and it flashes and scares him. And he's like, bogus. <laughs> so there's, so that's what she's been teaching. Yeah. So he's, he's learning some eighties slang. You got to love that. Mm hmm. Uh, and then we get oh. a, a, such a sweet moment with him where, like, the Monster Club, the treehouse is full of, like, you know, monster stuff. There's just cool monster stuff everywhere. And he sees, like, a, mon a Frankenstein mask and, like, picks it up and is, like, looking at it and then kind of, like, touches his own face. And, you know, kind of looks sad, like, you know, 
and he just says scary like right. it, he knows you know, what that's for yeah like he realizes like this is a mask people wear to look scary and it's made to look like me so i guess i'm scary right but can we talk about that freaking mask because i swear i had one like that as a kid <laughs> and it had the it had the stupid like plastic latex uh outfit that you put on over it oh yeah those things they were like now like for nostalgia's sake those things are so cool but like at the time like they're so dumb like right this was like a big thing when we were kids like it was a plastic mask you know just covering the front of your face with like an elastic band around the back of various monsters or like i think i had one that was big bird when i was really little and like the mask was just big bird's face but then the the suit was just like you know, a plain white sort of plastic suit that just had a yeah. picture of Big Bird on the front of it. As well, if it was basically just a, a trash bag that they tailored, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty Versus much. Versus the one na- nowadays that they actually put effort into. Yeah. But like, yeah, they were all like that where it would just have a picture of the character on the chest of it, which is, you know, Big Bird doesn't walk around wearing a T-shirt of himself and <laughs> Frankenstein doesn't walk around with a T-shirt of himself either. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but that was that was the '80s, kids. Don't let anyone tell you it was that great because now it's better. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, but yeah, it's better now. But then they have a little ET walk off into the dusk. The oh, whole Monster yeah. Squad in silhouette. It was that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, and then we get like Dracula and the Wolfman. They are in the house. The so mm-hmm. the uh, the Shadowbrook Lane house, looking for the amulet, and you know Dracula ends up like breaking down a wall. Yeah, he he has amulet sense. <laughs> yeah, it seems Which, like it. Right. <laughs> and yeah, so you you see like the amulet. You know, it's on that pedestal like we saw earlier, and it's like sparkling all these crazy like beams of light. Uh, and you know Dracula's like my plan's coming together. He says something like. You know, soon no one cre- can stop us now. Yeah, oh, the creatures I, I of the night will rule the world and all that. You know, it's the villainous moment where he's like, you know, rubbing his hands together like we're one step away from victory. Right. And honestly, at this point, I'm like, you know, if if the monsters are like these monsters, that's not so bad. Well, that changes <laughs> later. But at the point, it's like, yeah, that seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> but then we then we go because this is the 80s. We have to have one montage. We yes. get 80s. Rock until you drop, <laughs> which is a bop. I gotta say, yeah, this movie has. I think it has like two original songs. Uh, you got yes. this, and then you got the end credits Monster Squad rap song, and they're both <laughs> just because so it's the wonderful. 80s. <laughs> because it's the eighties, you have to have a rap at the end. Yes, the late eighties, the late eighties, I should say. <laughs> but yeah, the the so the montage is just them get, sort of getting ready for this like fight with the monsters so most of it is really rudy but you get yeah, you get no. everybody else doing stuff <laughs> rudy's but, actually putting in work for the whole thing he is the he's the one who's carrying everyone yeah. because initially he's making steaks the yeah. wooden steaks <laughs> yeah he's in, in the, shop the wood box. shop and it's like the, the wood shop teacher goes around and he's like making it like a box you know and yeah. as soon as the teacher walks away he's like grinding down wooden steaks <laughs> Right. And then then it cuts to Phoebe playing dress up with Frankenstein. You (laughs) know, that's cute. Okay, that's funny. All right. Then you get Eugene with his Confederate cap uh, writing a letter to the army in big crayon letters like, hey, army guys, (laughs) come fight. Help us fight monsters. Okay, that's fine. Now, Sean, (laughs) being the ADHD child that he is that I would do, uh, instead of doing something constructive, he makes business cards. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah, you they know, just can't fault them there. Printing out business cards using the school printer, you know, hiding yeah, in the yeah. teacher's right. lounge. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then Rudy makes silver bullets. Uh, apparently, he used uh, Sean's mom's silverware to do it. Yeah, because it cuts to her looking at the like the good silver box, and it's all empty. <laughs> right. Then they start mapping out Shadowbrook uh, Lane. And then, of course, Rudy, because he's the only one putting in actual work here, goes to steal a bow and arrow at the <laughs> archery range. No one notices. He just walks up to the guy, gr- slowly just drops down, grabs the stuff, and walks off. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so then we get, like, we got everybody kind of back together, and they are at the photo mat, like, getting the developed photos. And yeah. uh, again, kids... <laughs> Back yep. then, you had to, like, take pictures and go Jeez. to, like, Walgreens or whatever, and they would, you know, develop them for you within, like, an hour, and you just had right, to wait around. Right, you could develop them yourself. <laughs> Not then you couldn't. Yeah. You had to uh, have someone else do it. But it so, turns out there's a sister of Sean, or a picture of Sean's sister. Uh, Patrick's there. sister. Patrick's sister. You yeah, were. and uh, Rudy Ooh, that would like, be worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Rudy, uh, you know, happens upon this, the photo of Patrick's sister and is like, hmm. So that was that was the one that Frankenstein accidentally took. Uh, he's right. like, I'm going to hang on course, to this. Franken- but then Frankenstein somehow gets it away and keeps it in the air. So apparently all the kids, even Phoebe, want to see it. Don't know <laughs> yeah. What that's about, I understand yeah. the, yeah, well, whatever, you know, good, good curiosity, for Curiosity, you know. Yeah, curiosity, yeah. So then we get, like, the group, they sort of split up, and we've got Sean, Horace, and Eugene, and they are at Shadowbrook Road, and we find out that the address is actually 666 Shadowbrook Road. Shadowbrook Road. <laughs> uh, of course uh, it is. And they're with Frankenstein, actually, and they're there to find the amulet. And Frankenstein kind of warns them, he sort of has some sort of, connection to dracula and is like you know master is near master wants children dead right so they're obviously kind of freaked out they're a little scared but like sean's like we got to find the amulet that's what we have to do this then i'm not sure really what happens like the ceiling just like kind of collapses and falls in on frankenstein and they just kind of have to leave him right yeah it's like oh he's somehow dead apparently it knocked him out yeah and like obviously the kids can't lift up all the you know like it's the the beams falling in all of the the universal movies but he's like just trapped under all this rubble and like if there was just a yard sale at this house like a week ago (laughs) it seems weird that it is this in disrepair but i don't know maybe you know dracula breaking that wall down like cause some structural integrity issues but yeah either way frankenstein is sort of like out of commission for the moment and unfortunately right as he kind of gets taken off the board the wolfman shows up dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then we get what you know what probably the most famous line from this movie um like oh yeah <laughs> we gotta kick him uh wait was it that or that that came later didn't it the well, so, got... yeah well so it's like he kind of like um oh. corners oh. he corners horace and sean's like kick him in the nards and like you know he's like no no i can't and he's just like kick him in the north and then he does and like the wolfman like doubles over in pain and because so, wolfman's got nards wolfman's got nards <laughs> i love it uh which kind of confirms their whole like wolf dork thing from earlier yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um uh and so but they end up at this like three-way hallway where like suddenly the wolfman's coming at him from one way dracula's coming from another way and like the the vampire brides are coming from the other way so they're just kind of like stuck and like horace is just kind of you know freaking out like there's just we can't go anywhere we're stuck and uh you know sean's a little bit more resourceful and there's a statue on the wall and he just starts kind of like poking at it and prodding and pulling on things 
And Horace is like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, haven't you seen the Hardy Boys? <laughs> All right, but real real quick, though, we did we actually skipped over a really good scene, though. We skipped over the part with uh, with Rudy, Eugene, and um, Patrick, yeah, because it was Horace and Sean in the house. But so at this point, they're kind of hanging out at this little diner, and, of course, you know, Rudy's in love and all that. Uh, but at this point, Pete the dog, that's their dog that's been kind of wandering around. We haven't talked much about him. <laughs> basically, paws the Twinkie out of Eugene's hand as he's sitting by the edge of the water. And as it lands in the water, who should it be? Then the <laughs> gill man pops out, grabs the Twinkie, and then yeah. waits for Eugene to run off. <laughs> yeah. Like Eugene goes and is like, creature stole my Twinkie. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Eugene just has these great sort of like non sequitur lines that don't make right. any sense or the, they make sense, but they kind of don't. And he, yeah, he's just, he's a really fun character. <laughs> right. Uh, earlier he uh, mentions that the mummy was at his house. Mm-hmm. That's all he <laughs> says. He doesn't explain anything. He's just monster was at my house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, but yeah, so going back to the three way, uh, Wolfman brides and Dracula. Yeah, so then like uh Sean manages to pull the arm of the statue, it like turn you know, twists down and they fall through a trap door. So, you know, yes, the the Hardy Boys angle was was right. Uh and mm-hmm. somehow this house just happens to have a, a secret trap door. Uh they right. fall down into the basement where the amulet is. Well, not only that, but apparently the the Confederate soldier, his skeleton is down there in full battle regalia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. But. <laughs> right. Did he get buried in his own house? Did his family kill him and then just throw him in the basement? What happened there? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> as you said, Sean finds the amulet. But not only that, Dracula grabs this kid by the throat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he is going to break this kid's neck. But thankfully, Horace is resourceful. And this is where, like, you know, if you want to go into, like, the fat kid thing that he's got, like, food with him all the time, uh, it works out in everyone's favor at this point because... Because he has some He has a pizza. slice of pizza with him that he just slaps up against Dracula's face. <laughs> because <laughs> and, that's garlic. Yeah. It burns. <laughs> <laughs> so while Dracula's fighting with a slice of pizza, they run away. <laughs> well, Horace, man, you really gave Dracula a case of pizza face. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah the kids are safe for now and Uh, they manage to get outside and once they get out there uh it turns out that rudy and patrick and patrick's sister have arrived in um a jeep with scary german guy because they all kind of got nervous it was taking too long and they were supposed to meet up Uh, right it's getting close to midnight right yeah so they kind of like they take off and they've got this plan they're going to go to a church to do the ritual because you know Dracula can't Monsters get to him in the tr- in the church, so they'll be safe. Yeah, yeah. And then we get like a great sort of like set piece where the mummy jumps out and like grabs onto the back of the jeep and is just like hanging onto the back as they're like speeding away. And they're trying mm-hmm. to like he's trying to like climb up and they're you know trying to like knock him Swerve off. Swerve him off. Yeah. <laughs> but Rudy's uh, a genius because Ru- Rudy does the heavy lifting, as we all said. He's like, hey, give me some slack from the mummy's bandage. And, and Sean grabs it, <laughs> gives it to him. He wraps it around an arrow and fires it into a tree that they're speeding past because Rudy is apparently amazing at everything, including archery. Yeah. Uh, And at this point, it starts to unravel the mummy. And it's it looks so cool the way like he just, you know, it starts at his feet and just like slowly unravels them. And you just see like the bandage is coming off, but it's like dust and little bits of bone and sand. Mm -hmm. And it's just like 
yeah, it, it looks really, really cool. And then, you know, when he finally runs out of bandages, you just end up with like the mummy's skull sort of like bouncing down the road. Yeah, that's so good. And it just stops. It's right side up to where it would be looking at you normally. Yeah. It's so good. Like staring you right in the camera. It's Yeah, it's exactly. great. Um, so, yeah, one monster down. The kids have taken one off the board. Um, mm-hmm. Then Sean's dad and Rich, they're like speeding out to Shadowbrook. Yeah, they're going to see what's up because someone called in and said they're going to kill your son. That someone being Larry Talbot that we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. There, there's yeah, there's I forgot about that. Like there's a great bit where like Dracula has the human Larry Talbot uh, tied up and, you know, because, you know, he can control the Wolfman because he's a monster. But like, you know, the human Talbot. version, like he can't really exert his control. And somehow, you know, he gets loose and gets to a payphone and, you know, tries to warn people what's going on. Finally, some adults are listening and they're like, OK, we got to get out there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> as they're headed that way, they see a hearse coming straight towards them. And then it just drives right through him. <laughs> right. And at that point, it's like, well, we have to acknowledge that this is real <laughs> Some now. monstrous stuff is definitely happening. Which, like, I don't... Dracula can turn into mist, but I don't know how he has, like, a ghost car. But sure, like, yeah, it, it's cool, so let's go with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rule of cool. Yeah. Let's go with it. Um, and so Dracula ends up getting... Uh, he get he's headed to the house, so like he gets there and mm-hmm. tosses some TNT into the treehouse. Uh, because yeah. he has some, he just has TNT laying around. So yeah, he blows up the treehouse and then. But he has a great line. He has the one of the ah, piece de resistance lines. As soon as he blows up the treehouse, because apparently he knew that they were a club, he goes meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> Come <So> on, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but by that time, Dell and Rich have uh, turned around and gotten back to the house, and you know they see the treehouse blow up. So mm-hmm. Dell gets out of the car and is like, you know, pulling a gun on Dracula. Yeah, fires into uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, meanwhile, uh, Dracula just tosses some more TNT under the cop car, and uh, Rich is still there. Yeah. So that it blows up and. Um, you know, Rich is gone. Like Rich does not make it out of this burning car. Um, and you know, because this is an eighties horror, you know, horror adjacent movie, of course, like if we're going to have like one prominent death, it's going to be the black character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but of course Dracula's like, eh, whatever. And then turns into a bat and flies off as mom's walking out the door. (laughs) So then, of course, mom knows, you know, no stuff's going on, too. So now we kind of have all the adults are sort of like in on what thing what you know, what's going on. Uh, and so like they run inside and the dad gets on like Sean's trusty walkie talkie and, you know, is like trying to get a hold of Sean. And, you know, he happens to be, you know, have the other one and is like, you know, hurry, dad, beat us at town square where we've got a plan or whatever. And so, you know, they jump in the car and, and take off. Meanwhile, the kids get to town square and the church is locked. So they're out of luck. They're just going to have to do yep. the ritual out in the open and, and hope for the best. Yeah, we're doing this live. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, uh, the scary German guy is trying to get Patrick's sister to uh, start reading. Uh, and he's helping her because she really wasn't paying attention in German class. <laughs> Apparently and, not. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, she's having a lot of trouble. Uh, and he's basically like phonetically going line by line and she's still <laughs> having trouble. Uh, right. and so while all this but is course, going on, like, you know, the monsters start showing up, Phoebe, 
mm-hmm. is the first to notice and points out that like the vampire brides are coming. And because because he is Rudy, uh, Rudy puts in work and uh, takes out two of them. This is the like Rudy's like coolest moment. Like he's he just like takes off towards them and they're like, "Where are you going, Rudy?" And he's like, "I'm in the goddamn club, aren't Damn I?" <laughs> And sure enough, he he is in the club. He is like Monster Squad, uh, you know, numero uno. Like he he is the muscle for sure. Yeah, he's probably a little bit of the brains too. But <laughs> that's you know. So, but yeah, he takes out two of the brides. Yeah, he like shoots one with a like uses the bow and arrow and shoots a stake from a distance, and then mm-hmm. before he can reload, the the bride's like up on him, but he manages to get a get another stake out of his quiver and and just you know stab her with it. Right. So by the way, that's that's three for Rudy right now. He's got three notches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the same time, then we get more with the sister. She's still having trouble reading, mm-hmm. and then Dracula shows up as a bat, and he's like swooping down. And right, he dive bombs Sean. He's like, <laughs> whoosh. And, you know, so Sean's dad is not having that, and he shoots at the bat. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know. He hits him a couple times. Yeah, somehow, you know, the bullets didn't seem to affect human form Dracula, but it, it's enough to. Yeah, it's enough to affect the, the trajectory of the bat, at least. And it crashes through a store window. Delg, like, goes to follow him, you know, goes into the store to try to find him. And we get, like, a great sort of, like, stuck in mid transition oh, Dracula. Fat. Yeah, it's it's weird and it's it's good. Yeah, it looks really He's got good. like the fat like almost rat like belly but a human head. So he's a bat with a human head. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice callback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh but of course he's like I'm not Dale uh the dad is like I'm not having this. So he grabs his own dynamite and he tra- he gets ready to drop it on Dracula. However, he gets attacked by Wolfman from behind. <laughs> yeah, and so quick thinking, he just shoves the dynamite into the Wolfman's pants, which thank God and pushes Wolfman him wears out pants. the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shoves him out a window, and he just like blows up in midair into pieces. <laughs> yeah, just it's, like it's so good. <laughs> Um, and that we'll, we'll see in a second. That's kind of a callback to one of the, uh, the monster test questions. Um, mm-hmm. the, the second way to kill a uh, werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not really. <laughs> so the sister kind of finally starts to finish reading the stuff, but nothing happens. The, the vortex is not opening. Yeah. Nothing's going on. And <laughs> turns out funny story. <laughs> Patrick's like, you're not a virgin, are you? And she just kind of like shakes her head and she's like, well, well, well Steve, it was with Steve, he doesn't count. And he's like, doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but that's when the Wolfman starts pulling himself back together again. Yeah. Literally. Like the body parts just kind of start rolling and like reforming. Um, so that's when, you know, one of the monster questions was like, what's the, the two ways to kill a Wolfman? And it's like silver bullets and they keep trying to come and up with what the second way is, and turns out that second way doesn't so doesn't work so much. It's definitely just right. the silver bullets. Because once again, Rudy pulls out a revolver <laughs> because he's Rudy, <laughs> yeah. and he uh, before he does it, he goes bang because Rudy's a badass, <laughs> yeah. and he shoots the Wolfman with silver bullets, killing him. Yeah, and he and like course- collapses and sort of like turns back into a human, and it's you know it's that moment that 
you know larry talbot's been waiting for since you know since the the right. universal movies and he like thanks him like thank oh, you thank for you. finally killing me this is all i really wanted right. so again another notch for for rudy he's you know for in <laughs> yeah but at this point we uh we get the gill man coming out of the sewer and sewer yes that's the best part <laughs> well that's not the best part but it's a great part having this uh gill man just pop out of a manhole yeah and he just starts taking out cops like they're nothing. Like, he's just right. throwing cops left and right. Clearly, like, he's not to be messed with. He ends up cornering Horace. Like, you know, he's just taking out all these cops. But then mm-hmm. Horace is, like, trapped up against, like, a store window. And Horace looks behind him. And it's those two bullies from the beginning. Well, he he grabs a shotgun <laughs> off one of the cops. Yeah. <laughs> as he's running back to this thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's EJ and the other guy, which we don't care about the other guy. Yeah, uh, and they, they won't let him in. Like, you know, they've got, they're locked up to protect themselves from the monsters. Right. Because they're punks. Yeah, and they're like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're scared. Like, they're not going to let Horace in because what if the Gill Man catches up to him and gets yeah. in before they can lock the door back? Um, so, so Horace, Horace is, has one choice. Yeah, he's on his own. And he, you know, fires and takes out the Gill Man. Right. And, of course, at that point, the the idiots open the door, <laughs> and they're like, that was really cool, fat kid. And he racks the shotgun one more time and says, my name's Horace. Yeah. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it pays off. Like, the fat kid thing, like, it pays off in this moment. Because, like, he gets his, yeah. like, badass moment, and he gets to dictate, like, this is my name, and, you know, don't fuck with me. And, like, it's, it's great. By the way, Horace is the second Monster Squad member to rack up a kill. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> We've got four for Rudy, one for Horace. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Eugene also points out, hey, um, isn't Phoebe one of those version things? <laughs> yep. And so that's that's pretty much Eugene's sort of contribution because somehow nobody, <laughs> it never crossed anybody's mind. Nobody. Like we need a, a female virgin and like Phoebe is like a kindergartner. So yes, thank goodness. You Phoebe. know, maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing that nobody, also why couldn't any of the boys, because I'm pretty sure most of them are virgins as well. Yeah. I, I guess know, it had to be a girl. Yeah, I guess I so. Know. Cause it was a girl with Van Helsing. I, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, the, yeah. the pure virgin thing always seems to be yeah, yeah, know, yeah because yeah. we value like female purity and, you know, patriarchy, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But yeah. So exactly. <laughs> Dracula shows up, but he has lightning powers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got that you know the emperor palpatine kind of thing going on right um, and he is dropping cops even more than the the gill man yeah like, cops run up and try to stop him he just breaks arms breaks leg or necks drops them like he is he is mass murdering police officers yeah like they're just rag dolls um mm-hmm. and you know so phoebe and scary german guy are doing their best they're trying to get through the ritual as quick as they can and you know phoebe's doing so much better (laughs) sister yeah yeah phoebe you know she's she's on top of things Mm -hmm. but dracula does get to them before they can finish and like knocks down scary german guy and picks up phoebe and is like give me the amulet you bitch right (laughs) which is a harsh thing to say to a little girl but okay yeah um but this is when dracula finds out that frankenstein has switched teams uh and where the you know the monster squad finds out that frank frankenstein made it out of the the shadow brook lane okay frank's back baby yeah so he like you know uh knocks dracula down and just like bogus (laughs) and like throws him into like a spiked fence fence (laughs) so dracula is impaled for the moment on a on a fence yep so at this point the the scary old guy gets up and is like all right phoebe we got to finish this they do 
And then the amulet starts like cycling through all kinds of different colors because initially it was red, then at a point it was green and then white, and then you know it goes through all that, and then our portal opens up mm-hmm. and starts sucking everything in, all uh, uh, evil dead. Yeah, and like Phoebe and Frankenstein are like holding hands as as a uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like army or like police cars, like stuff just starts getting like sucked in, you know, benches and everything. Um, and you know, Dracula starts to get sucked in, and he grabs onto Sean as he's being pulled. Yeah, he's he's not going to go down without taking one of the Monster Squad with him, right? Yeah. But turns out, Sean's got a stake too. <laughs> yeah. So Sean stakes Dracula, and Dracula, you know, lets go and starts getting pulled in, and then Van Helsing Van comes Helsing? strolling out of the vortex. Everything else is getting sucked in and just can't be controlled at all. But somehow Van Helsing's able to just walk out of there like it's nothing. Uh, and he grabs Grab Dracula. Dracula, gives the kids, yeah, gives the kids a thumbs up because he knew what that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dracula's gone, and you know all the rest of the monsters are dead. Like the you know the the monster squad took everybody out. Um, but yeah. so we've only got the only monster left is Frankenstein, and you know he's starting to be pulled in as well. And Phoebe's like mm. holding onto a bench and holding onto Frankenstein, and she's like not gonna let go. You know she's. You know, no, don't let go. Yeah, and it's it's such a sweet. You know, again, you know, we had like the Maria scene with her at the lake, and like you know, this is this is what we wanted. You know, like Frankenstein and the little girl to actually connect and like you know protect each other, and and you know they've they've become friends, and it's this really sweet moment. Um, and she's like you know crying, like don't go away, Frankenstein, and like you have this moment of realization where Frankenstein knows like if I don't let go. I'm taking her with yeah. me and I'm not going to do that. So he lets go and says, you know, bye Phoebe. And like, uh, you know, starts to get pulled towards the vortex and Phoebe, my, this, like this, this gets to me every, like I have watched this movie probably at least 50 times and I cry at this part every time. And I'm just yep, talking about it right too. now. And my, I'm like shaking it. <laughs> like it yep. gets me, but like so phoebe you know she sees him being pulled in and she lets go of scraps her her bunny rabbit uh which flies into frankenstein's arms um and he's pulled into the vortex and it closes behind him and all the monsters are gone um and yeah it's it kills me it's so upsetting because like he had this the moment that we wanted for him and then it's taken Mm -hmm. away uh but you know, we they wanted to give us this emotional like moment that just tears you up, and and you know, of course, Frankenstein's yep. still a monster, so he's got to go into the the monster vortex, and it makes sense. But he's uh, a good monster. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's tough. Uh, so now with the the town nearly fully destroyed, <laughs> the army rolls in. <laughs> the, yeah, turns out they got the letter from Eugene. They just showed up like, a little late to the party. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're like, "Who's Eugene?" And, you know, of course, little Eugene with his Confederate cap walks up to him and goes, Mummy came in my house. <laughs> because, yep, sure did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and our boy Sean drops his Monster Squad card on the, uh, the the general or commander. And that's when we get the uh, the rap starting up. Yeah. It's so, yeah, like, you know, because the, the army's like, can somebody tell us what's going on here? And he's like. We got this. We can tell you what's up. Hands in the card, and he's like, "We're the Monster, we're the Monster squad. squad." And then, yeah, yeah, yeah you got the hip hop beat kick in, and we cut to credits, and you know, 
you get like basically rappers describing the plot of the movie <laughs> beat by beat. <laughs> right. By the way, the name of the band is the Monster Squad. <laughs> formed just for this movie. Yeah, so it's just the some Monster Squad studio musician group that wrote this song mm-hmm. just for that. Uh, and yep. it's yeah, it, this was such a staple of like eighties movies. Oh, you just have to have like the rap that that tells the whole plot, and yeah, they're always just so much fun. Yeah, it. I mean, and this movie is is just so good. All all together, it's it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, and you know, like we said, there's there's those couple sort of problematic things, but like, mm-hmm. obviously, this movie has had staying power in spite of those things because it's just so so good. Now, I do have to say this. I've noticed something throughout rewatching this. And I'm not sure it's possible, but I feel like this entire movie is low key a Castlevania movie. Huh. Okay. All right. Let me let me let me break this down for you. There are several key points where I was like, "Oh, that's a Castlevania move. That's a Castlevania thing that happened." Okay. First off, Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, Dracula always looks like Drac. This Dracula looks like all the Draculas, especially the one that's in the original Castlevania, right? Uh-huh. Okay. But also the Wolfman design, I mean, don't get me wrong, a lot of this is just because Castlevania also just stole everything from <laughs> old universal stuff. Mm-hmm. But what really kicked it off for me was at the end scene where Dracula hits the old man with that beam. Oh yeah. That's a hellfire. That's a fucking hellfire um <laughs> shot. Okay? Yeah, okay. Like, that is a move that you see in every single Castlevania when you're fighting Dracula. And this movie came out a year, basically a year or maybe a few months after the original Castlevania dropped in 1986. Huh, okay. So, uh, yeah. so I'm like, was this inspired by Castlevania? It, it might have been. Yeah. And also the part where uh, Dracula turns to mist, I mean, that's also kind of a thing that always happens with all Dracula things, is he's turned into mist in the plane, and then the bat. I'm like, well, obviously that's mist form, uh, if you played Symphony of the Night, and bat form from Symphony of the Night. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, that... I mean, th- these are tropes, but I think, low-key, this was inspired by Castlevania. It could be. And could this be. this is a movie that's kind of like... I think it's really gotten a lot more attention in recent years. It it bombed hard at the box office. Like, mm-hmm. the, the guys who made this... Uh, Fred Decker and Shane Black like basically didn't really make many more mo- like they this movie basically like dropped them off the the map of Hollywood like I think they both made they made the movie Night of the Creeps before this and then that's pretty much it uh and I think um Fred Decker like really took it personally like I think he put a lot into this movie and and you know was really really you know upset that it didn't get the attention that it deserved I kind of feel like yeah. maybe the Goonies might be a little bit responsible for that because there are some Analogies. similarities between the two. Yeah. Um, if you had uh, Horace and uh, what was the kid who did the truffle shuffle? Chunk. Chunk. Is it yeah. just Chunk? Uh, but yeah, yep, like it's it's kids on an adventure and like that they came out you know close to each other in time and I definitely could see where people might be just like oh this is just the Goonies again but with monsters. But it's it's yeah. really so much more than that. Now, we can't say that um, Shane Black hasn't done much because he's done a lot. Like Lethal Weapon, all uh, the Lethal Weapon movies just about. Yeah, yeah I think Fred it's more Decker Fred Decker. Like, I think uh, Shane Black wrote it and Fred Decker directed it. And I think he was just kind of like, I'm done. You know, I don't think yeah. Night of the Creeps got a ton of attention either. And then this one, he really like put, you know, he was all in on this and was just like, I can't keep doing this. 
Uh, and I think like when, when Monster Squad started to kind of get like a cult following, he was sort of like, he didn't really believe it at first. He was just like, no, I, uh, I think like in more recent years as like, I think a lot of the cast has gotten together and done conventions, you know, appearances and stuff. And he was really slow to kind of get on board with that. But I think he's finally kind of like ready to sort of embrace the movie. We were talking at the beginning that like, you know, uh, Andre Gower directed a documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) And, you know, uh, Fred Decker's in it quite a bit. And, you know, like they kind of, it's, it's a really nice sort of reunion. It might be something that we cover at some point just because, you know, it's it's just sort of nice seeing all the cast as they've grown up and, and sort of seeing that this movie that they made when they were younger that, you know, kind of ended a lot of their careers in a way like that it means so much to so many people. I mean, yeah, I think one of the major actors is, the only other major actor in this is basically Tom Noonan who, you know, went to work with, I think, Fred Decker on uh La- or not fred decker shane black on last action hero oh, okay so i mean where he played um i'm trying to remember the guy with the axe i don't remember exactly his name um let's see Did and yeah he's just one of those like character actors he's been in yeah, he's tons and tons of stuff like yeah yeah he played ripper, ripper okay in last action hero yeah um so if you've seen that you know yeah and like he was well, he was in like robocop 2 and uh mm-hmm. you know uh I think recently he was Which, in like that 12 monkeys TV series. So yeah, he's just, right. he's one of those guys that like, when you see him, you're like, I know that guy. What's he, what's he in? And then you pull up IMDb and you're like, Oh, he's in like everything. Okay. I got everything. it. Yeah. Yep. But he's, yeah, he's not a hikey actor, but he's still a good one. Yes. You know, we didn't get in this. What's that? We didn't get one. We didn't get a science wheel or a dynamo. Mm. So that hurts personally. <laughs> And two, we didn't get an abrupt ending. We actually got like, you know, Denimon resolution, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie wraps up. You, you couldn't ask for a better conclusion. Like, you know, between like the emotional moment with Frankenstein and Phoebe, and then you get like the army showing up to kind of cap things off and you get like the <laughs> badass moment where they all get to be like, we're the monster squad and like freeze frame on like how cool they are. And then, you know, then the rap, like you can't, can't do better than that. Nope. You can't. So yeah, that's it for uh, the Monster Squad. We, uh, I feel like I'm gonna keep revisiting this because I am a child of the '80s, effectively, and uh, this is just such a damn good movie. It is. It's it like it's one of those comfort movies. Like if I've got like I'm homesick, it's one of the movies I'm most likely to to put on and just you know watch while I'm like you know half out of it on on cold medicine or whatever. Uh, it's <laughs> right. just it. But like you know, I watched it you know this week like. Fully alert with taking notes and it just, it holds up. Mm-hmm. Like it's good. However you yep. come to it. Yep. There's, you know, there's a couple bumps here and there, but as long as you can overlook those, this, this is free. This is a good movie. Yes. Yes. Just all the way uh, Highly agree. Uh, all right. So, uh, other than that, uh, you can find us at the Frankencast at Twitter and, uh, on YouTube, basically all the socials. If you see us there, if you give us a listen on Spotify, on YouTube, uh, you know, give us some type of interaction. I know a lot of people say that, uh, but basically it tells the algorithms <laughs> that uh, we're worth listening to and we're worth, you know, you spending your time on. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we definitely appreciate all of that kind of stuff. You know, sharing with friends helps too, obviously. Well, you know, um, we, mm-hmm. I think, you know, word of mouth is how we've gotten most of the listeners we currently have. And, uh, you know, as as the uh, listenership sort of expands, you know, we've been talking about 
Patreon in the near future. So uh, the more people show up, the more, you know, the more stuff we can do. Like we're going to start doing all kinds of fun, you know, bonus episodes and, you know, we got a lot of plans in the yeah, work. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of plans. We don't have a lot of a lot of uh, monetary backup, but you know, <laughs> if once we get that running, anything you can do to help that'd be great too. Yeah, even yep. just even just a like, that's fine. Yeah. So that does it for this week, and uh, next week we will be talking about um, a movie that just recently has gotten a lot of attention because it got a really fancy deluxe reissue from Vinegar Syndrome. Um, and it also got a, uh, I think it just dropped on shutter as well. So I think people are kind of rediscovering it right now. Uh, and that's, um, flesh for Frankenstein, also known as Andy Warhol's Frankenstein. Yep. So that'll be exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That's one that I have not seen in a very, very long time. It's a weird one. So it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it's Andy Warhol, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, in that case. To be continued. Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.